Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to keep diving in to uh, Luke chapter 3. And, and in the last podcast, I, I left off by talking about how God is a God of timing. And it comes from Luke chapter 3, uh, verses 2 and 3. It says, At this time, a message from God came to John, son of Zechariah, who is John the baptizer, who was living in the wilderness. And then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they have repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. But when when Luke says at this time, anything that has to do with God is perfect timing. It, it does not happen by happen chance or happenstance. It, 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 it has to do with timing. And that's why Luke says at this time. It, it, it was just a perfect time a combination of things in, in the way in the way the world was and what was going on in these particular societies it, it, it was the time was right for God to send Jesus uh, God in the flesh to be born of the Virgin Mary which we covered already in in uh, Luke chapters 1 and 2 and you can go back and listen to those those podcasts, but God is a God of timing. And Paul talks about in Ephesians 3, 9 through 11, that this was God's eternal plan. It was God's eternal purpose that Jesus would have to die for the sins of man. Uh, he would be, uh, he would pay our debt, our sin debt, if you will, to reconcile us back to God. Because God knew that even when he was creating Adam out of the dust of the ground and before he ever breathed breath, into the nostrils of Adam, he knew that Adam would blow it and that he would uh, have to uh, sacrifice his very own son to pay the price for our sin. And, and so it, 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 he is a God of timing. And I covered Romans 5, 12 through 19, where Paul describes Adam and how sin came through Adam because he ate of that fruit was, which was going against exactly what God said not to do. And that's what sin is. When when God says do this or don't do this, and we don't do that or we do do what God says not to do, we go against his word, we go against his will, and that is sin. And we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says we all have a sin and come short of the glory of God. And that is why Jesus had to be our sacrifice. He is the once and for all sacrifice that his blood washes our sin-stained soul and makes it white before God. And because of what Jesus did on the cross and, and coming out of that tomb victorious on the third day, we have hope. We can have forgiveness if we put our trust, if we put our hope, if we give our lives to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I'm talking about God being a God of timing. God used prophets in the Old Testament, you know, to, to warn people about the impending doom if they didn't repent of their ways. And, and matter of fact, he was, he was sending it to his own people, the Hebrew people, and, and, and they were so sinful. And then the, the priests have become 
so wicked even and 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 they god says if you don't turn from your wicked ways then there's going to be this judgment coming upon you and your land is going to set desolate for 70 years well they didn't listen they didn't heed the warnings and 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 god used their enemies to come in and destroy jerusalem he literally wiped it off the face of the map that the temple was destroyed and what couldn't be destroyed was burned by nebuchadnezzar and the babylonians and and god's people were killed and and the ones who uh, were alive that escaped death uh, were brought into babylonian captivity and uh, for 70 years the land set desolate and that's when they get to go back and 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 uh uh, Nehemiah rebuilds the walls and Ezra restores the law and, 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 and from that point on they start looking for the Messiah because hope had been restored and here it is it's been uh, God has sat silent for over 400 years we'll talk more about that in, in a little bit but God uses these prophets to warn his people to turn from their wicked ways and they don't heed the warnings but like I said, when he would send these prophets in and give them these warnings, he would always offer hope. And there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that these prophets gave concerning the Messiah. And Jesus fulfilled every one of them. Every one of them. But John the baptizer was also talked about by the prophets as well. And Luke tells us that John fulfilled some prophecies given by Isaiah. And we can find those prophecies in Isaiah 40, chapter, uh, chapter 40, verses 3 through 5, Isaiah has spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. Well, obviously... The mountains wasn't made smooth, and obviously the valleys wasn't filled with the rocks of the mountains. They're still there. You can go and visit them today. The mountains that I live in, they're still here. People come and visit them all the time. They come from all over the world to the Great Smoky Mountains, these Appalachian Mountains. They're beautiful, and the valleys have not been filled. This was just a prophecy about John the Baptizer, and when it, it, it was to give people a warning to be looking for this person. And when this person comes, the one who is going to be preparing the way of the Lord's coming, he's going to be announcing that the Messiah is here. He's going to be clearing the road for him. Then people will see the salvation sent from God. And, and, and that's exactly what John's role was. And that's exactly what John does. And we'll talk more about that later on in, in the podcast. But I think the show called The Chosen has it right when they said that uh, when they called John Creepy John. Uh, Luke doesn't give us any insight as to what he looked like. The only thing that mentions uh, that Luke mentions is that John was living in the wilderness when the message from God came to him and said, "Hey, the time is right. Now's the time. Get going." But Matthew tells us uh, what John looked like and. and in chapters 3 verses 4 through 6 of Matthew's gospel it says John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist for food he ate locusts and wild honey people from Jerusalem and all of Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John and when they confessed their sins 
he baptized them in the Jordan River. So God is a God of timing, and the timing is right. And God says, he, he comes out to John, he's living out in the wilderness, and this message comes to John and says, hey, the time is right, get going with your ministry, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's exactly what John does. And he begins to go out, as Luke says, he goes on both sides, places on both sides of the Jordan River, and he's preaching that the Messiah is here, that he's coming, that you will soon see him, uh, the one who will be uh, uh, dying for the people's sins. And, and people are hearing this message and they're curious, so they're coming out to listen to John's message, and they're hearing John's message, and, and not only are they hearing their, John's message, but they're confessing their sins because John is telling them they better repent. They better get right with God because the Messiah is here, and he is about to be revealed. And so they're confessing their, fins, their sins, not their fins, because they're not fish, but he, they are confessing their sins, and he is baptizing them in the Jordan River for uh, the forgiveness of their sins and so when the time is right john starts his ministry and you got this guy who's living in the desert he hasn't shaved so his beard is long his hair is long he's dirty from living in the desert his clothes were made from camel's hair as matthew says and for food he is eating locusts and wild honey now I've never had a beard. I had a mustache once when I was about 19 years old, and I think it lasted for about a week or two. So I never had facial hair. It's just never been my thing, uh, even though it, I have to shave every day because it just grows so fast and it's crazy. But if you have a beard you or if you have long hair, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say your beard captures things. It, it, it Stuff gets caught in it. Uh, as Jay says on Duck Dynasty, you can go revisit it later, he says. Um, there, you know, if you think about John the Baptist or John the Baptizer and, and what uh, and, and how Matthew describes him, there, there, there's it, I, I think, like I said, the chosen has a right. This guy was creepy. He was creepy. John, uh, there, there's no telling how dirty, how nasty this guy was. I mean, if you think about it, if he took a bath at all, it's probably when he's out there baptizing people in the Jordan River uh, and and and. So maybe he did have a bath every now and then, but probably he's just getting wet and then he's going back into that desert and, 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 and eating more locusts and eating more honey. Because here's the thing about the Jordan River. You would think, okay, well, he, at least he's getting clean when he's baptizing people. But listen to what Naaman says about the Jordan River when he was wanting to be healed of his leprosy and he was told by Elisha the prophet to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. This comes from 2 Kings 5, 11 and 12. This is what Naaman says. He says, because he, he didn't want to do what uh, Elisha told him to do. He wanted Elisha to come out and just pray over him and announce a healing over his leprosy and he wanted the leprosy to be gone that way. And then when Elisha told him, he says, you got to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. Here's what Naaman the leper says. He says, the Damascus rivers, Abana and Farpar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? At least I'd get clean. In other words, the Jordan River? You want me to go to dip seven times in the Jordan River? That water is just pure nasty. Why can't I go dip in one of these uh, rivers in Damascus? Because they're a whole lot cleaner. And at least if I don't get healed of my leprosy, at least I'll be clean. 
So to think about John the baptizer never shaving, never cutting his hair, uh, eating locusts and wild honey, and getting caught up all in, you know leftovers in his beard, and it's dripping from his beard, and the bugs are carcasses are getting caught in his beard anything floating in the jordan river is getting caught in his beard and his hair his hair his clothing is made of camel's hair i mean the guy was nasty probably stunk to high heavens he was nothing to look at i'm sure probably scary to the young people making the children cry by the way he looked but here's the point that i want to make people came from all over to hear John the baptizer's message. And they were obedient. They were baptized uh, there in the Jordan River, which tells, it tells me something. It tells you something. It's not the person, it's the message. It's not anything about the person who is telling the message. It's all about the message itself. Think about that. The message can be delivered by the nastiest, stinkiest person on earth, uh, John the Baptizer. It could come from a bumper sticker. It could come from a billboard. God can use anything or anybody to get the message out there. Rich person, poor person. Clean person, dirty person. Woman, I mean, look at the, the first person who announced Jesus' resurrection was a woman who had demons cast out of her. So they would think she was a crazy woman, Mary Magdalene. So it could be a woman, it could be a man. God will use anything or anybody to get his message out there. We are just vessels to be used by the Holy Spirit. Because it is the message, not the messenger. It is the message that changes people. It is the message of the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus, whether if it's spoken from a little kid to a, a, a very old, grown adult, or if it comes, like I said, from a bumper sticker or a billboard. It could come from a nasty person or a clean person. God used his enemies to get things done. It's all about the message, the message of Jesus Christ, because there, there's a song. There is power in the name of Jesus. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In Acts 22, 32 through 36, on that day of Pentecost, when, when Peter was preaching the very first sermon after being filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're all speaking in tongues, and everybody thinks that they're drunk, and Peter stands up and says, no, these men aren't drunk, as you suppose, because it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it, 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 but this is that which was uh, prophesied by the prophet Joel. And you can read about that in Joel chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2. But in verses 32 through 36 of Acts 2, this is what Peter says in his sermon. He says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. 
For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Jesus was God sitting in heaven, the place of perfection, and he knew that he had to be the the sacrifice for our sins that he ha- had to be that that bridge that gap that brought us because of our sin separating us from god he knew that he had to die on the cross and be the the sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins and he bridged that gap between god and man and when he died on the cross and was in that tomb for three days and on that third day he uh, uh, ascended out of that tomb and was resurrected and people saw him. Paul says over 500 people saw him in 1 Corinthians 15. But he, 40 days later, he ascends back to the Father. And the disciples are standing there on the Mount of Olives. And they're watching him ascend up into the clouds. And they don't even notice the angels that are they're there beside them. And the angel says, hey, 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 why are y'all looking at this Jesus ascending to heaven? He's going to come back just as you see him go. But he told you something to do. You need to get on about your business. But Peter says that when he ascended back into heaven, he sat at the Father's right hand. And God made him both Lord and Messiah, that he has put every enemy under his feet. And he has been exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And Jesus himself said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. There is power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. And when we, we're faced with situations on a daily basis, we're faced with life challenges on a daily basis, and this is what this podcast, the Grinded Podcast, is all about. And it's to encourage people to not give up, to keep going to keep grinding when a life challenge comes when you're faced with something you just don't think you can get through it it's jesus jesus how many times have you been around people and 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 especially in a a church setting and they're praying for people who are or who are uh, facing life challenges and you just hear people just say they'll just whisper jesus 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 why do they do that? Because they know there is power in the name of Jesus. It's all about the message. It has nothing to do with the messenger. In fact, we're going to see in just a little bit that John knew his role, and he knew that his role was to prepare the way for Jesus and to get out of the way. And he said, I have to decrease, and Jesus has to increase. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's not power in the name of John. That's why when Apollos is out there telling people about salvation and he was baptizing them in the name of John, he was baptizing them under John's baptism. And Paul had to rebaptize those people in the name of Jesus so they could be filled with the Holy Spirit because John couldn't fill people with the Holy Spirit. That's why John told the people when Jesus was coming to get baptized by him, He said, there is the Lamb of God. He is the one who can fill you with the Holy Spirit. He can baptize you with the Holy Spirit 
and with fire, meaning that he's got the power to, to save you and he's got the power to send you to hell. John says, I don't have any power. The power's all in him. Everything, I'm just a messenger. We are just a messenger. The power is in the name of Jesus. We'll come right back from break and we will dig more into chapter three. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. Got a little excited there. Forgot to take a break, so I had to take a quick break. But just coming back from break, I, I just I just don't understand why people continue to reject Jesus. They they are rejecting God in the flesh who literally walked this earth for 33 and some odd, 33 and a half years and went through a cruel death on the cross. Even before the cross, he got beat to a pulp that most men died from. And then he was hung in public humiliation for six hours. Then he would take his last breath. He struggled to breathe for six hours in so much pain and agony as a human and then died was placed in a tomb for three days came out of the tomb victorious over death hell and the grave on that third day and he is hope and he has done nothing but good for people nothing but good and and he all he says is hey here you can sum up all the law with these two commandments love god and love your neighbor love the people that are around you like you love god treat them right that's all that, that's that's what it's all about and just imagine if people would focus on those two things loving god living for God, and then loving the people that are around them like they love God. This world will be so much of a better place. But we continue to shun Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Life-changing power. And we continue to say, no, I don't want Jesus in my life. We continue to reject Jesus. We continue to reject the Holy Spirit. We do not want the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. We, we want to live the way we want to live. We want to do the things that we want to do, and we do not want to be held accountable. That is the bottom line. That is the reason, in my opinion, that people continue to reject and say no to Jesus. Because they know the minute that they do, the minute that they say, yes, Jesus is real, yes, he died for my sins, then they are held accountable for their decisions that they make. And they know there's going to be a consequence to the actions that they choose to do. And even though we continue to reject Jesus on a daily basis and pretend that he doesn't exist, it does not change the fact that he does exist, that 
as 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 he said, all authority and power has been given unto me. Uh, and, and as Peter and uh, others and Paul and others have said that he is has been exalted to the highest place of honor. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. When Stephen was being stoned, he looked up into the heavens and he saw Jesus stand up. He saw Jesus stand up. He was sitting at the Father's right hand, but he stood up and he watched Stephen being stoned. How can we continue to reject Jesus? The, he is the one who paid the ultimate price for our sin. He paid the penalty so that we, we can be forgiven. He was that once and for all sacrifice to where now we can be reconciled, which just simply means we can be made friends again with God. Because Paul says in Romans 5 that while we were enemies, Christ died for us. While we were enemies. We were enemies because of the fruit that Adam chose to eat and partake of. And he sinned. He went, he went against the will of God. God's will was don't eat of that fruit, of that one tree. Well, they ate the fruit from that one tree. And they sinned. They went against God's will. That's what sin is. And God knew, because he's a God of timing, he knew from eternity that Jesus, that he would have to send his very own son to die on a cross for our sin. And yet, he did that. By His grace and His mercy, His compassion, His long-suffering for us. And yet, each day goes by and people just continue to reject Jesus. And that just floors me because there's power in the name of Jesus. The messenger has nothing to do with it. That's why John was so nasty looking he's out there living in the desert he's baptizing people in the nasty waters of the jordan river he, he's eating locusts and, and wild honey and it's probably all caught up in his beard and the guy probably smelt the high heavens nothing to look at but yet crowds and crowds of people came to hear the message and they would repent of their sins and they would be baptized in the jordan river why because they were expecting the messiah and here's this guy, when God has been silent for over 400 years, there's this guy saying, hey, the Messiah is here. The kingdom is near. It is at hand. And you're about to see it. You're about to see it. Go down. Get ready because here he comes. And then Jesus steps out from the crowd and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to unlatch it. I'm not even worthy to stoop down and take off the dude's sandals, his shoes. Because it's not about me. It's all about him. And see, we as people, we think it's all about us. We're in the pursuit of happiness. We're in the pursuit of things. We, we want to be heard. We want to be seen. We want people to know who we are. And if, you know, and we want our rights, and we want this, and we want that. We want to be recognized. Everything that the world is searching for is found in Jesus. Everything that is ungodly, they are looking for hope. The ungodly are looking for love. The ungodly people of the world are looking for acceptance. 
They are looking for respect. They are looking for people to pay attention to them. And the list just goes on and on. But the ungodly are looking in the wrong places. They're looking at the world to fulfill a void that can only be filled through God, through His Son, Jesus. And that is my challenge to you. To get in the Word of God and see what the Bible says about Jesus. And you will see there is no greater love. Jesus says there is no greater love than this, than a man lays down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. The love that God has for us, even while we were enemies, Paul said, that God loved us. He sent his son to die for us. While we were far away from God, we were enemies to God. We hate our enemies. We do not like our enemies. We want to get revenge on our enemies. But God didn't get revenge on us. Instead, he loved us so much. It's agape love. It's an unconditional love that he sent his son to be born of a virgin and live as a man on this earth for 33 years and die a horrible death on a cross and to be placed in a tomb for three days and come out resurrected, victorious. And 40 days later, he ascends back into heaven and sits at the Father's right hand with all power and authority. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I pray that if you are part of the ungodly, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, then your sins are not forgiven. You are not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're out there doing your own thing. You're lost. You're basically what Paul says in Ephesians, a dead man walking, maybe Galatians. But you are a dead man walking. You're without hope. But there is hope, and hope has a name, and His name is Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. And if you would just give Him a try, your life would never be the same in Jesus' name. God is a God of timing. And the time was right. And He sent that message out to John. John started that, his ministry and he's going all over the place around the Jordan River and he's telling people about the Messiah and how he is here. And they better repent of their sins and be baptized. And they were. Crowds came out to hear this crazy looking, nasty stinking dude, hairy, full of dirt, locust, wild honey all in his beard, stinking high heavens. But yet... He had an awesome message because it was about Jesus and how Jesus could change their life. And Jesus will change your life no matter where you are. No matter what drug you're on. No matter what drink you're on. No matter what you've done. If you've murdered somebody, look what he did for Paul. No matter what you're searching for, it can be found in Jesus. When that drug wears off, when that high wears off, when that alcohol wears off and you come back down and being sober, your situation, your problems are still going to be there. But you know who else is there? Jesus. 
And Jesus says, I can help you deal with this. If you just turn your life over to me and follow me, I'll take care of this. I will be your hope. I will be your love. I will be your acceptance. What you're looking for can only be found in Jesus Christ. And I pray that you turn to Him today to give your life to Christ, to be washed in His blood and be filled with His Holy Spirit and that your life have a new purpose and a new meaning. And then when, it, and when you do make that decision, you're baptized for the remission of your sins and you're filled with God's Holy Spirit and you're being guided by the Holy Spirit and you're, you're walking in the light as He is in the light and Jesus is changing your life, share that message. Share what Jesus has done in your life. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you're a Christ follower and you've been a Christ follower for a long time and you know what Jesus can do, share the message. Because it's not about the messenger. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Jesus and the power that is in the name of Jesus. And if you share Jesus with other people, they will have the same hope that you do. Keep grinding. God bless you. And we'll finish Luke chapter 3 in the next podcast. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.